0: Alright, BizzleCast listeners, this is the Bizzle. Uh, Welcome to the BizzleCast. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about Carrie Fisher, who you guys know is one of my absolute faves. I had heard from my dad that she was on Colbert recently, um, Stephen Colbert, and uh, was, was quite good on that. Uh, and uh, I was sort of like, okay, why well, is Carrie Fisher doing the rounds? I'm thrilled about it because I love hearing her. And if you ever read or listen to or see her work, it's absolutely spectacular. She uh, she did a one-woman show that was very well regarded. and They did on HBO and she did it on Broadway. And she called... Um, uh something drinking it's like about drinking you know she's very open about her drug and drinking problems and i think that's great because there's so many hollywood stars who have those problems or worse and don't talk about them and it's really not a help to anybody um but uh you know she has become well i was gonna say she's become like a really honest voice from hollywood but the fact that her mom, Debbie Reynolds, is such a huge star, was and is such a huge star um, in, in Hollywood, singing in the rain and a million other you know super famous movies, and her husband was a famous Jewish musician from Philly, and left her mom for elizabeth taylor i mean if you listen you know to, to her books uh she has unbelievable stories about how horrible people in hollywood used to be to, to the fact where you look at it, you know the brangelina situation or whatever it looks very tame in comparison to what was going on with like debbie reynolds her mom and elizabeth Taylor, you know, all these famous actresses and and actors and musicians uh, back in the day, but uh, but Carrie Fisher, you know, I I have insisted remains the best female uh, genre, you know, superstar ever, even though she was kind of the first. Um, and we had, you know, Ellen Ripley played by Sigourney Weaver in the 80s into the 90s. And we had uh, Sarah Connor also 80s into the 90s, played by Linda Hamilton in the Terminator movies. But Carrie Fisher had the benefit of being in the better movie, the more epic movies or series, I should say. Um, not necessarily the better written or even directed, because George Lucas is neither an amazing writer or director. But the mythos just afforded her an opportunity just like mark hamill and get back to the fact that both of them had really epic and interesting interviews with mr david letterman uh following johnny um johnny carson in in the late show or whatever it was called uh, nbc back in the 80s which i grew up on because my dad loved i mean love 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 still loves but he's retired loves david letterman my my dad's probably seen most david letterman episodes since like the late 90s when he was able to tape them with vhs and then dvr was like a whole new level I, my my dad has seen literally thousands and thousands of David Letterman episodes and uh, who can blame him you know Letterman is the great talk show ever and the fact that he hates interviewing most Hollywood stars even though that's like the main part of his job other than doing a short stand-up routine and making some dumb jokes and relating to middle America which Letterman does so great even though he is sort of a liberal but he is from the middle of the country in Indiana and loves NASCAR and baseball and you know so forth and, uh, anyways, so, uh, so I'm watching all sorts of interviews in different contexts with uh, Carrie Fisher. And she's on today's show admitting with her book that she hooked up with Harrison Ford, you know, which we all knew if anyone watched the movies, like, come on, we knew she had been okay with Harrison Ford, who cares? They had such great chemistry. It, it, as I said on my Facebook post, it may have been a fa- an affair, but you know, it was, it was, it's almost a travesty to America if those two didn't hook up in real life. And, uh. You're watching Carrie Fisher in 1983, you know, in super non HD, super SD, uh, and Letterman being just as awkward and uncomfortable as always, and her thriving in that situation. She was making fun of the toys. I mean, here's the thing you know, we take, we uh, not only take for granted the fact that they exist, but we take for granted the fact that there's a debate about you know, the healthiness of all the toys related to science fiction and comic book properties today, but, like, in the late 70s and early 80s, they were already doing it with Princess Leia, and I don't want to ruin all of her jokes and stories uh, from, from from her books and, and performances, but uh, <laughs> she talks about how you know, maybe, uh, you know, a couple, uh, you know, 10, 20 years ago, a while after the Star Wars movies, she, uh, she went into like a bookshop or or some store and, and the guy behind the desk goes, are you? And she goes, yep. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, you're princess Leia. Yeah. Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Yep. I'm Carrie Fisher. Oh my God. And the guy goes, I, I, I when I was 12, I literally thought about you every single day from when I was 12 until I was 22. (laughs) Carrie Fisher goes, uh, in her narration goes, I should have asked him what happened when he turned 22, but instead I asked him, really? Every single day? For 10 years? He goes, well, not really. More like four times a day. (laughs) You know, she's she's like a nineteen year old already coming from a damaged situation with her, you know, dysfunctional Hollywood family, and she's hearing random guys tell them, that she, tell her that she's been like, you know, they've been jerking off to her, you know, for decades. And God, what that must do to your brain. And I'm not much of an Oprah person, but she was a really good sport and really honest and did a good job uh, when she came, agreed to go on Oprah about five years ago with her mom, uh, Debbie Reynolds, uh, also a giant superstar, but they couldn't be more different in a lot of ways. Her mother is still struggling to understand and support her mental illness, as they call it, as most people call it. Um, Her mother has plenty of problems, but the sort of mental illness in the modern sense is not one of them. And, uh, you know, it's interesting why now does Carrie Fisher decide to, quote unquote, you know, either reveal or confirm, depending on who you are and what your perspective is, the relationship with Harrison Ford. I think the most shocking fact is the fact that it only lasted three months. I can't imagine those two people only wanting to sleep together for, for three months. Maybe that was where the insecurity came on her side. Uh, they're talking about her, 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 her father, you know, leaving, left her mom, Debbie Reynolds, who's a huge, beautiful superstar for another huge, beautiful superstar, Elizabeth Taylor. And, uh, you know, and her mom makes a little, a little thing with her two fingers about how small her dad's dick was, you know, an Oprah show. It was amazing. You could, yeah, at that moment, you're like, okay, you could see, it, you know, not only how these two are related, but despite their problems with the past, coming together is a great thing and uh, I, I guess this is A.K. Fisher actually joked it, w- this isn't true because she had to uh, finalize her publication like the contents of her publication of her most recent book uh, where she talks about the Harrison Ford relationship she had to finalize that months ago but the fact that it is happening right after this election where anyone who supports feminism or women in any way has to be extremely not only disappointed but, uh, disappointed, but disheartened and, and disappointed. Made and confused by what's going on in the treatment of women in this country, and you know she joked about it on one of the shows as being a great distraction from you know Donald Trump. But the reality is, Hillary Clinton was a modern day, much older uh, Princess Leia. I mean, she was you know fighting against the, the the establishment, and people who called her establishment didn't realize that she was also fighting an est- anti-establishment war uh, and that's against men and that's much more serious and dire and difficult um, than uh, oh my god I'm watching this space scene before the asteroid belt and Empire Strikes Back with the two superstar star destroyers uh, or star destroyers fly right by each other and almost hit one another because of the Millennium Falcon that's where she falls in love with him his bravery here he, he ends up being selfless you know, he claims to, you know, be protecting her because he's forced to, but, you know, he wants to, but she never wants to take his protection, which is great. And, uh, it's not till he's tortured later that she finally starts opening up to him a little bit. You know, she she can only see the selfish side right now, but that changes but it changes as he changes which is such a great love story it's not like oh she suddenly realized how great of a guy hansel was it was like no he actually grew into a mature you know uh brave courageous selfless individual here he is with the power converters or whatever it's hard not to think of uh, Firefly and Serenity these days, you know, because it, it, I mean, Mal and the whole crew is so clearly, uh, you know, parodying slash imitating and emulating uh, the Millennium Falcon and its crew. You know, Zoe, uh, Zoe um, as the number two on the Serenity, uh, or I should say on Serenity um, in the Firefly series. Uh, it is a little Princess Leia-ish in just terms of her, you know, a uh, badassness, and even though she is an emotional and complex individual, knows how to file that away at the correct moments. Um, uh, here I am watching the Asteroid Belt chase with the TIE Fighters. I'm not even listening to the sounds of the music, but I can already hear it in my head. I love these TIE Fighters. The explosions always look amazing in the Star Wars movies. And, uh, you know, and everyone from Maddie G to my cousin Phil—I mean, everyone is skeptical about the new Star Wars movie because they heard the rumors about the reshoots. I'm talking about Rogue One. This is late 2016; hasn't come out yet. The reshoots, and there was trouble on set, and blah blah blah. And and I take partial uh, partial responsibility for it. I should say I take partial responsibility for it. Uh, and jumping on those rumors and doing an entire podcast, and maybe even talking on multiple podcasts. Woo! What's the yesterday? Oh, shit. Here comes the big jump into the gut of the asteroid, which isn't an asteroid. Does he flip up? How does he move? How does he do this move here? So he's running through the canyon. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. There go the TIE fighters. Um, But I actually think Rogue One's going to be awesome. And if he gets criticized, it's just going to be people's tiredness with the, the combination of Disney... Uh, Pixar, uh, Star Wars, and uh, and comic book movies, um, but there is something so timeless and brilliant about Star Wars that just gets me excited every single time. I think it also helps that I ended up liking on uh, repeat viewings this Force Awakens way more than my first or maybe even second viewing. Um, yeah, that was the <laughs> that was the dive. I always think that dive, uh, you know, where they go from uh you know, like one eighty to ninety to zero and back to one eighty with the Falcon to, to dive down was uh is a Death Star move. I guess they do that here. Never quite understood why why Luke you know, could just run away from the rest of the fleet and not tell anybody. It was a little sloppy. He could have just been like, this is strategically important. I'm Luke Skywalker. Oh, so anyway, so yeah. So, so Mark Hamill also appeared uh, around that time, uh, either just before or just after, um, in terms of the scheduling uh, with Letterman in 83 for Return of the Jedi, which is so funny because Letterman makes a joke Constantly, as he always does, once he hones in on something, Letterman's constantly joking with Carrie Fisher that is called Revenge of the Jedi. And of course, 30 years later, I'm sorry, 20 years later, uh, 22 years later, in 2005, that Revenge of the Sith came out. Which was third movie in the series, which some people considered great and some people considered terrible, just like Return of the Jedi, Avenge of the Sith. He had no idea. Him and Carrie Fisher just had a real sense for what was going on. I mean, they were selling toys of Leia, and as they talked about you know the the nerd boys jerking off to her. It really fucked her up in the head, and she's talked about like sleeping with everyone on the set, like she was a big slut. I, I mean, she. She claims to be offended by the term slut, but, but uh, every turn she talks about sleeping with people on set. Who knows, you know, where 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 her uh imagination ends and reality begins. Uh but you know, I mean Hillary Clinton was really channeling that. You know, Princess Leia was was the machine, you know, even in the movies, you know, she was the establishment, but it was so clear who the good guys and the bad guys were. It, Meaning, you know, if we were in a straight empire rebellion situation, I would really want, you know, younger Hillary Clinton on our side uh, in a sort of Princess Leia role, but she's sort of out of place and out of time. And people may or may not be ready for a female, you know, uh, supreme leader, but it wasn't Hillary. Um, And I think Carrie Fisher is, in a lot of ways, a, a much more interesting kind of um felon uh, for that notion uh of female leadership and the fact that it's never really been surpassed and you know she may look way different you know and and her, her you know she's aged in a way that she doesn't look maybe as much as oh, there's R2 flying out of the swamp uh, you know I mean who cares what she looks like but you know what I'm saying like you know that she's perceived a certain way does not perceived like she was Princess Leia even though she's the same person you know Letterman all these talk shows you see how much she's joking around about the toys and how she you know she's giving away her life and her likeness and she's toys with her face and it really bothers her I mean it's so amazing uh, Lucas for better or worse was was was, was was really ahead of his time on a million things, but of course the actors had to suffer. None of them blame him. You don't really hear them ever blame Lucas because they know that he took such a chance on both them and his movie with his own money, his own life at stake. Actually, <laughs> in the mid to late seventies when this was going on, and so they were happy to go along with it. Up oh, there's Superstar Destroyer. Boom! Blue Giant era looks amazing. Here we go. Vader and the uh recharge recharge pit. Um but they were aware of it. Mark Hamill too. You can sort of it's easy to read into you know historical uh um, when it comes to Hollywood, sort of historical situations and read the future into them if that makes sense. Uh but you know, you could tell that Hamill and and Fisher w- were even at the time ready to move on in any way possible from it, and they would have a much much easier time now. <laughs> and you know, once I started watching Carrie Fisher stuff, I was like, okay, let's see what's out there. As so I saw an interview from about a year ago from like right when Force Awakens came out of uh, the Graham Norton show. His, you know, he's like Colbert mixed with James Corden or something late night in, in England. And, uh, and he had, uh, he had Carrie Fisher on, uh, with Daisy Ridley and John Boyega who are English folk and some blonde model slash singer slash actress from England that I'd never seen before. And, you know, Boyega clearly loved uh, Carrie Fisher. I think Daisy, uh, you know, loved her and respected her. I think she's just intimidated by her. I mean, she's Princess fucking Leia. You know, Ray is always... It doesn't matter what... Ooh, got a little grab there. Harrison Ford gets a couple grabs on her boobs in the movies. It's tough because she has huge boobs for her, her figure, but... Um, <laughs> she's Jewish, you know, what can I say? I know, um, you know, but... Uh, Daisy Ridley will always be compared to Princess or I should say Ray will always be compared to Princess Leia. And so I you know, I don't think she never want to laugh at at, at 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 uh uh Carrie Fisher and uh <laughs> but at some point Graham Norton forces the issue and she says you know, he says to Ray, you know, does you know does she ever uh, Meeting me Carrie Fisher to, to, to Daisy Ridley he says Daisy Ridley, you know, is Carrie Fisher ever you know give you advice on set? You know, I mean, you being basically the new you know forty year old younger you know version of her. <laughs> and Daisy Ridley, and, and she's so innocent and sweet and Catholic almost, uh, coming out of her mouth. You can't believe it. She says. And I think I think Carrie Fisher might have finished the sentence, but she said, you know, yeah, she told me not to, you know, burn through the crew like wildfire or something like that. You know? Don't sleep with everybody. <laughs> and you know, and then you see Carrie Fisher out with like a pregnant uh, Today show host congratulating her on having sex. <laughs> And, you know, wondering what the penis size is of the husband. I mean, she is just fearless. And the thing is, she's always been fearless. And it's so sad in our society. You know, I mean, I I think I'll finish with this. um, Because I wanted to watch a little Empire in the background. to Just kind of get me in the mood. Now I kind of want to watch the movie. Um, The bottom line is. You've got to read her books and see her performances if you can. And I'm not a huge Oprah fan, but what Oprah was able to do bringing her and her mom, Debbie Reynolds together uh, was very, very impressive and professionally done. And they clearly agreed to it and weren't being emotionally manipulated that it was going to be like a group therapy session on TV, but they're both you know, grew up on TV and in the movies, so it's not... You know, they knew what was happening. Here's Yoda going for the food. I'm sorry. I gotta watch this. Um <laughs> But, uh... How do they get Yoda crawling and throwing food around? That's what I want to know. I mean, he's got a flashlight. He's looking for food. <laughs> R2's going nuts. It's really a freak show. It's it's great. You know, I mean, the most unrealistic character among the three of these guys is <laughs> Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. But anyways, just to close off, what I was trying to say was, being an advocate of mental health and knowing, working with a lot of people, dealing with mental health issues you know, Carrie Fisher's problem was just that she was ahead of her time, I mean, she was an incredibly headstrong and brilliant and independent woman during a time in the late 70s and early 80s where women were still being pushed to the side, even though they were slowly, unlike madmen, being allowed to be things other than teachers and secretaries, uh, although today we still have a lot of teachers and secretaries who are women, um, it should be even, (laughs) at least, um, but, uh, you know, certainly in the late seventies, early eighties, as a headstrong woman, and we've seen the backlash of this to the point where you know, until Ray, I was joking about you know the 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 sexual related advice that Carrie Fisher was giving to Daisy Ridley, but the, my mind is Ray is is the most, I should say, the most closest <laughs> is the closest representation of Princess Leia that we've had. Black Widow's been great. The Scarlet Witch has been great. You know, we're starting to see more in the Marvel properties, and now we'll see Felicity Jones. I think Felicity Jones, actually, both in terms of performance and character and looks, is is a lot more uh, like, uh, I keep wanting to say Leia, like, like Carrie Fisher um, as Princess Leia. I should say, by the way, that... At the time she was cast as a 19-year-old or maybe 18-year-old, uh, she was studying in England, and Carrie Fisher feels a lot more comfortable. It's obvious in interviews with, with English interviewers and, and English actors in general. Uh, I think she really prefers it. She liked that about about Daisy Ridley and, and John Boyega. But I'm going to leave you with this story <laughs> as Leia's trying to fix the ship. A uh, uh, Man, here's the thing, people. You know, I... I I know I still have a sort of a, of a cult niche audience, but the people that listen, listen a lot, and I really appreciate you. I wanted to just say thank you for listening. As Hans Luland tries to make a move here, fixing the ship, is that uh, I did commentaries for all original Star Wars movies and the prequels. I ended up releasing The Phantom Menace just because I thought it was my most um, insightful because in the original movies, it's like, what can you say? You know, I mean, honestly, what can you say? I mean, you just watch this chemistry between Carrie Fisher and and Harrison Ford in three movies. You've no doubt that this is real. <laughs> he's yeah, he's giving her the rogue face right now. She comes off as so much more mature, even though he's like fourteen years older than her. She must be like what twenty one, twenty two in Empire here. But uh, so she's on the couch with Ridley and Boyega in this. You know, British model, singer, actress, and they bring on David Beckham, who I had seen was like listed as a guest. But I'm watching like 40 minutes of this. There's no Beckham. I'm going, okay, this must be a mistake. Nope, they bring out David Beckham. Ooh, the kiss! And uh, here comes C-3PO in the exact uh, reverse mirror of the new new movie or the most recent movie, *Force Awakens*, where he breaks up their little stare fest. As asteroids blow up the various star destroyers, and uh, and Beckham comes out, and you know the ladies are going crazy, everyone's going nuts. You know in England, they're all gay for Beckham. <laughs> you're either straight for Beckham in England, or you're gay for him. You're definitely something for, sexual for him. And you think he's going to shake her hand, he's going to shake you know Daisy's hand and shake you know, Boyega's hand and blah 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 blah. He just freezes when he sees Carrie Fisher. Now David Beckham is older than me. I'm 35, nearly 35. He's definitely in his early forties, maybe mid forties. He's been playing forever. He's in great shape. He looks spectacular. This was from a year ago. He looks great. And he's... The thing that you have to realize about Beckham is, it's not just his looks and his scale that people love. It's the fact that he's kind of a country boy or he's just sort of a working-class boy and he sort of sounds like a working-class guy, you know? He's like, America, we'd call him, like, the you know, the guy that we want to have a barbecue with or get a drink with, you know? For better or worse, that's... You know, he's just a guy. Um, and that's part of his appeal. And he was so taken by Carrie Fisher. I mean, he, like take you know, took both of her hands and you know, kind of semi bowed to her and it was just like, So great, so great to meet you. Oh my god, this you could just lip read the 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 the, the kind of stunned um, reverential reaction that he had. And then he did, you know, give very nice uh, greetings to, to the rest of the cast and everyone else on the couch. But he was really taken by her and they set it up. So he was sitting by her and he was so pumped. And, you know, he gave up his seat. He got two seats for like the London premiere where there was only like a few hundred people who saw. Uh, the movie, and he gave it up to his two sons, who are such huge Star Wars fans, because he's a huge Star Wars fan, and blah blah. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, you know. That is what's great about Star Wars. As much as like I love Marvel and the comic books, like you know, it's a, it's a family thing that is now spanning like three generations at least. M- my, my parents are very young, mid sixties. Uh, and they were a few years from having me when they saw Star Wars when it came out in 77 I grew up with it in the 80s and my little cousins love Star Wars from age seven to age you know 13 or 14 um, now my two nephews my sister's kids are still babies but two or three years from now you know three or four years we're gonna watch watch the original Star Wars together or at least some of the Star Wars cartoons you know there's so many properties now it, but it's not just because it's four families is because it's about family and so I've actually come around with this with Rogue One I'll, I'll leave with this uh you know after the, you gotta watch the david beckham response just google it uh, or, or youtube it when beckham comes on graham norton i mean he's just he's really taken with with carrie fisher not you know, it doesn't matter you know what she's like now just like who she is uh you know i i, I was nervous that the new movie was going to be too star warsy and then i realized that i wanted it to be star warsy but dark at the same time oh there's yoda Admitting who he is and Ben. God, the the costume the puppet looks so good. Why would they ever want to replace him with CGI? I know during the fight of the second prequel, uh, he had to fight, but in terms of him just standing, it's the colors and the textures of the scene with him and Luke in the hut are just so fantastic. But, um, but yeah, it is about family. I don't mind. I I wish that there were some more women, women on women relationships. It wasn't just daddy stuff, whether it's boys or girls. But you know, I think uh, I think it's important that we have Felicity Jones playing uh, Jyn Erso in the new movie uh, Rogue One have a familiar uh, familial connection (laughs) or familiar connection, Uh, at least in principle. We'll see how it goes. You know, Star Wars has become the tale of the underdog facing the bad guy you know the evil empire and uh, whether you're liberal and see it for what it is and are conservative and are confused about the fact that you're rooting for rebels in this context and in other contexts you never root for the rebel but not to make sweeping judgments Carrie Fisher is a national treasure I'm so glad she's still alive Uh, as a bipolar uh, person she's been an amazing spokes woman, uh, women uh, for society, you know, to just be yourself, like being normal <laughs> means being stable enough to enjoy a normal life, not acting like everybody else does, and I think the message needs to be heard by the youth of today, and technology, and diet, and medication, all this stuff is just going to reveal, you know, more and more weaknesses in society, if that's what you want to call it, um uh, you know weak links but a lot of the times those weak links are actually the strong links and they're the ones that you want to help get through what they're getting through so that they can share with us their their ability and their skill and their magic but... leia with the bots. <laughs> leia's scared leia's not scared of anything but she's scared of alien spiders <laughs> all right people thanks for listening please do yourself a a favor and watch the uh most recent carrie fisher interview on colbert and the today show and over a couple years ago and some of these british shows she's amazing you know, she was not affecting Princess Leia. If anything, she was dialing back her personality. I mean, that's the thing. It's so disappointing when you find out, you see these great, you know, female actresses do do badass characters, and then you see them in real life, and they're like, oh my god, this, and this, and this, and I wore this, and I went to this party. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because there's plenty of male actors, if not more so, who are uh, kind of a little friffy and, uh, uh, you know, vapid. Yeah, I think actually ma- male actors tend to be more vapid than female actors because female actors like everything else have to work harder to get to where they're going but she had to dial it back i mean she was such an intense um and hilarious and strong and attractive female individual in her time growing up in a really bizarre circumstance where her 19 year old character Uh, was more believable and more well realized, at least in the early movies, uh, than Mark Hamill and especially Harrison Ford's much older characters in their late 20s, early 30s. So check it out i'm really i know that we're seeing leia in episode eight i'm so thrilled about it it's really the you know as much as i love ray and uh and finn and poe and, and kylo Ren, and with episode eight i'm mostly looking forward to leia luke stuff if, if i don't get leia luke stuff you know we're fucking eight movies in plus rogue one so we'll be nine movies in We'll get Leia, Luke stuff after all this teasing. It'll really kill me because I have a very close relationship with my sister, and she has twins, and we've been confused to be twins. So you know, brother sister relationships in general are very dear to my heart, uh, and when they're twins, it's even cooler. Uh, you know, we see it in Dune, which Lucas uh, borrowed, stole, <coughs> stole from, borrowed from. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's very is very dear to my heart so i want to see that but i cannot wait for rogue one i think the next big podcast and part of why i'm doing this short uh, solo podcast is i think the next big podcast will be a leading up to rogue one i don't know who it'll be with it could be matt it could be noah it could be gabriel it could be adam it could be papa bizzle it could be someone totally different but for sure this is a big moment and i don't care that doctor strange just made 600 million dollars rogue one should make twice that if rogue one doesn't do 1.2 uh, it should be captain america civil war if it doesn't be captain america civil war it'll because it'll be because it's a weird year uh, both in the film and out the political situation the economic situation the fact that it's up against a bazillion um christmas movies But my guess is it gets to the Iron Man 3, uh, 1.2 situation. Now, if Rogue One gets to the 1.5 situation or even 1.4 billion with Avengers Avengers 2, then we're going to have a really interesting situation on our hands. But we will get, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. May the force be with you do or do not, there is no try. And, oh, I just really quickly wanted to share a quote, and this is this is actually what launched the whole line of thoughts today, actually, was that, you know, we had plenty of, of not arguments, because all of us voted for Hillary and my family, but we had plenty of debates about, like, what was going to go on going forward with Trump, and, you know, how did we get to this situation, and I had this quote in my head, which I had associated with Star Wars, I couldn't remember if it was Palpatine or Vader, or whether it was something I read online about, you know, it's You don't rule through force. You rule through the fear of force. Uh, I believe the quote from uh, uh, Moff Tarkin uh, from the first Star Wars movie, and again, I'm not sure if this is in the actual movie or in fan fiction or other fiction. He says, you know, rule through the fear of force rather than force itself. Uh, Might have been through the game TIE Fighter. I don't even know, you know, the property's just so tied up with one, one another at this point. And uh, the point being, the best leaders rule you through fear rather than violence. Violence may happen, and they're threatening violence, but the, it's the threat of violence that forces you into being coerced, as opposed to actual violence. Because actual violence causes people to fight back. And that actually mobilizes opposition. I think that's what people need to realize about Trump. As long as we remain mobilized and ready to fight back, we probably won't have to fight back. But the only one that's going to happen is if we're ready to fight back. Because if he's trying to rule through, fear, uh, rule through fear, then we have to not be ruled by fear. We have to be resistant to fear. And if he threatens force, we have to meet that threat of force with not apathy, but defiance and if the force comes then the force comes but how will that be different than any other day in human history we must stand against it and we must fight it and i think that's the great lesson of star wars and i think that carrie fisher is the ultimate epitome of that and i hope you enjoyed the podcast get ready for a number of rogue one podcasts coming down the pike now, if Rogue One is bad, and I'll leave you with this thought, if Rogue One is bad or just mediocre, I'm already reorienting the Bizzlecast a lot if you've seen my Facebook posts or vlogs and stuff that I've done the past like month or two. Towards politics and some more serious topics, which I've always wanted to talk about. But during the Obama administration, when the economy was good and healthcare was available and everything else, you know, it's it, it, and this is part of the problem is hard to get really riled up about anything. But now, you know, it, it, the situation being what being hard to take comic book movies very seriously. Now, I think Star Wars offers a lot of great commentary. But bottom line is. You know, at this point, you know, people need to be be seeing real shit. If you're going to entertain yourself, it can't just be pure escapism. And I I think the real tragedy is that the pure escapism is taking hold um, over even the smartest uh, people in our society. HBO and Netflix have uh <laughs> you know made sure that this was the case so just be aware of what you are watching I my credit card number stolen online recently you know i'm posting facebook posts from the uh, united states of america and it's saying i'm posting from uh, you know uh, Castellón de la plana Sp- Espana. um you know <laughs> like there's no accounting for anything that happens these days, but stay close to the people that you love and take care of them and protect them in any ways that you can. That's what I'm going to leave you with with this one. So I will talk to you soon. Much love to all the people. Stay real. Stay sane. We're going to fight this together, and the Bizzlecast will be back, but for now we are out.